5: You got a number of teams now in the coaching carousel. Now I went on a little rant on Sunday doing Fox Sports Sunday alongside LeVar Arrington, and I just raised the theoretical: why why can we not use the term fired? Why is everything mutual parting of the ways? Because
7: you you don't want the coach to not get another job.
5: And, but but these are professionals that are watching it.
7: Nah. The, the local
5: media is going to have their it, way. The, the fans are going to have their way. Yeah,
7: but it, you soften the blow. Um, you, you don't put bad energy in the air. Fire does have a bad word. And, you know, as an organization, you do want to protect yourself because when you're speaking about someone that got fired, well, what was wrong with you? You hired them, So mutual parting of ways. Well, that's you the know, GM when he get,
5: gets a couple of... Uh, Couple of hires hey, under his belt, yeah. I, I'm
7: with. I hope I don't disrespect by saying, but you know, you like your ex-wife. How crazy you married her, sure, right? You walked down the aisle. She had your kids, you know. In a scenario like, yeah. you know, like, hey, we just decided to go different ways. Had a good run, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, good there run. you go.
5: All right, fair enough. Good analogy. You don't right like it make. though.
7: You you like you like the, pos- no, you like but the it, fire. but it,
5: But it's just a we we've just gone away from it seemingly Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, like or, or is it just the difference of if you're let go in season it's okay to say fired Ooh, versus yeah, the end yeah. of season <laughs> it becomes mutual parting of ways i'm
7: not a fan of the in season the in season let goes are
5: tough well but i mean look at what it's done for the hawks right and that's one of the jobs Very that we true. talk about which may or may not be available right indiana uh they they fired uh bjorkeren you've got boston is available a lot of names swirling about there uh Portland now with Stotts gone and a lot of intrigue with Jason Kidd not Ooh. wanting to really be part of what Damian Lillard was cooking. Is there some, so that like that's the question I have behind the scenes? Is is there something brewing there? Either a, uh, you a, hear what a I coup think? in LA or Damian Lillard has already told him I ain't gonna be here.
7: We're on the same page. When I hear if I'm Frank Vogel and I hear that Jason Kidd has passed up on a head coaching opportunity to coach Damian Lillard and CJ Watson. I'm shaking in my boots. Jason, why aren't you leaving? You got a great relationship with LeBron. You're LeBron's guy. I came in and I got a championship here, but I came in and I took the deal that Tyron Lue didn't want to take Which means I'm very replaceable. If I'm Frank Vogel, I do not like to hear that Jason Kidd did not want to go and coach Damian Lillard in Portland. What's cooking? No,
5: that's right. Because remember, going back to the beginning of last year, it was, he's over his shoulder. Right. How many how many yes. mock-ups did you see, Photoshop jobs uh, of any photo from any uh, movie where a guy's looking over his shoulder, and it was Jason Kidd looking over Frank Vogel? Uh, and everybody was waiting for it to blow up. Will these guys buy into Vogel? Is it going to be okay? How soon does it happen before the snap happens and he's thanos out of here and Jason <laughs> Kidd takes over? And now this stays... So, like, it's one of those two things, right? It tells me either Lillard, even though he's got this extension, has decided he ain't going back there, which is a a whole other curiosity, right? There's been some reports that are linking him potentially showing up here with the Clippers, which is a curiosity for sure. And how how you make all those salaries mesh together will be fun and exciting, of course. But there's always a way. Always a way. It always a, finesse the numbers and, and let's face it you go into luxury tax care, territory find all, a way all steve Ballmer's doing is reaching into his left sock for that extra money that he had just for for walking around right he, there's, he, a, will, there's walling, a way right you, you figure it out so like those are the only two scenarios that make sense for me jason kidd's already been told mm. something's cooking here huh. and maybe lebron's not happy or whatever the case may be even though lebron stumped for some of the guys that found their way onto this roster. Yes. And we know that, right? Because one of the stories that was circulating today was that Andre Drummond in buyout season was promised to start. Now, part of that is Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. Yeah. The other is we want you to come to town, so we'll tell you whatever we need to.
7: No, he started, though. He started.
5: Most of the time, yeah. It's your job to lose, and it was his job to lose. And he lost it. So <laughs> as well as your touches and everything else. And look, he, we talked about it before Egos, get in, right? Your expectations of where you fit in the pecking order. And, and perhaps he thought he should have had a, a larger, larger role in things as he went. And he had a couple of big games when they needed him. And other times was a non-factor coach, you know, did not play coach's decision at the end of the bench. But this Jason kid thing really throws a wrench into all of these other job searches that we're talking about because you're you're looking at four opportunities that are open as we sit. And Atlanta with Nate McMillan, we don't know what's going on there either.
7: Would you be surprised if Frank Vogel was fired this offseason? Would that shock you after winning a championship the year prior? No. Why why wouldn't that surprise you? I I feel maybe I'm just a, a loyal guy. I know... You know, Genie doesn't like letting anybody. No, once I you're know. in the Laker
5: family. why would that not surprise you? Because it's a, I, I don't think you get the long leash that you once did. And really, mm. it's all going to depend on what number six says.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
5: One guy we'll fight about something with, I'm sure. Our buddy Dan Woiki, joins us on the hotline now. And there it is, the happy song. That's really kind of the uh, Denver Nuggets theme song tonight as they get thumped. At Dan Woiki Sports is where you find him on Twitter. Read him in the LA Times. What's going on, buddy?
8: Oh, Mike, I just want to just let these uh, these 1950s uh, Reckenbecker guitar strums just play us into the night. As the Denver Nuggets drive over a cliff.
5: I'll tell you what, man. A little yeah. Thelma and Louise thing going on here, uh, potentially. Hey, Ryan.
8: Bro, Good to see Ryan. bro, what's Good to up, bro? Bro. bro?
5: bro, bro, is that where we're going, bro? Yeah, that's what we, we are. Old time we, bros.
7: We have to do that when we see each other, bro. Oh, okay. Dan will be calling. It'll be the NBA Finals, and he'll be. Asking LeBron a question, he'll just get the bro text from me, and he knows what's going on.
5: Kind of, kind of like when Jason used to, when Ryan Ryan does some TV, Jason will be like, "Hey, adjust your tie, rub your eye, let us know that you hear us." Like, all right, and then usually it was the middle finger that started to like rub nice. his eyebrow. You know those kind of things. <laughs> um, Would I do my middle finger? No, oh. It was a joke. It's a joke. It's okay. I wasn't trying to disparage you, man. Uh, yeah, we, can, you, we can now have that edited
8: out. Mike, now you've planted that seed. That's uh, that's an exciting thing to look for. Well, Next yeah, now, and
5: then, now it might be a variant uh, that we <laughs> will look for, right? A variation of uh, a photo on a trading card or something like that. Phoenix all over Denver uh, yeah. without Jamal Murray. Uh, speculation of, hey, you know, they, can they fight? And because I'm a contrarian, I just said, all right, I picked them before the season. I'm not going away from it. And, uh, well, I probably should have run away from it. <laughs>
8: Yeah, I mean, look, you're you're not going to be right, but at least you have your scruples, and that's something. Well, I also and didn't
5: th- want to do the LA thing because everybody uh, on, on our staff, Dan, all, they all picked the Clippers or the Lakers to go to the finals. That seemed boring yeah, no, to me.
8: I mean, look, I think, and, and I hope we can get into this, like sort of. Um, just kind of like we're going to, I do sort of wonder if eventually like we walk away from some of the stuff this season and we look at it and we say like, well, like how did we not see this to begin with? Right. And and I mean, because the evidence was there um, for most of the year and the evidence in Phoenix was there for most of the season. This was one of the most consistent teams in Mm -hmm. the league, a team that played upper echelon teams fantastically all year Um they kind of check a bunch of different boxes. They have veteran leadership. They have a dynamic wing score. They've got a versatile big man and they've got defensive minded wings, you know? And so like, that's kind of the formula and a good coach too. Um, like that's kind of the formula. Uh, but you know, it's still funny. I mean, you, you think about how things change so quickly. I think back to the end of, uh game 3 against the, the Lakers before we knew you know obviously about the severity of Contavious Caldwell-Pope's knee hyperextension before we knew exactly what Anthony Davis's knee hyperextension would lead to with the groin injury and you saw a Suns team that was like i'm on, on the cusp of falling apart right uh Jay Crowder ejected Devin Booker ejected mm-hmm. uh down 2-1 in the series to LeBron James a, a position you just absolutely don't want to be in and um you know, they just showed great resolve. And I think uh, you, you 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 hear this from guys, and, and Ryan knows this. It's like when you get tested in the playoffs and you come through it, um, your confidence goes up. And this is a team that is playing with tremendous confidence right now.
7: Dan, I got to put you on the spot, bro. Okay. Damian Lillard calls out and says, I want Jason Kidd to be the next head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. Jason Kidd then comes on and says, hey, I, it's a first-class organization. Sorry, but no thank you, Dame. I'm going to stay where I'm at. What does that say about Jason Kidd? What does he know that we don't know? It's an exclusive club to be a head coach in the National yeah. Basketball Association. Is there a chance that he succeeds Frank Vogel in the near future? What does that mean?
8: Ryan, it's an it's a great question, and you are putting me on the spot. I think my initial reaction to the Jason Kidd thing and talking to people was sort of like, well, what does this all mean? <laughs> and I think what's fascinating is that it can mean a bunch of different stuff. Um, look, if the Lakers did that to Frank Vogel, it would be dirty, dirty business. Let's just put that out there right away. Like, Frank Vogel has done nothing um, to not deserve to continue be coaching that team. Um you know you can, you can obviously, he had LeBron James, he had Anthony Davis, he, he helped guide them through his sort of even hand, helped guide them through um, as stressful of an experience as there's ever existed in the NBA in, in the bubble. And then um, this year, with all the injuries that they had, I mean all the injuries that they had, uh, and plus like coupled with the mental exhaustion and stuff like that, um, they had him playing hard on defense, Ryan, It is not easy to get people to play hard on defense. In this league, um, so if that were to happen, um, I, I just I just don't think that would be good business. I think it'd be bad. Well, um, what do you think
5: LeBron wants? That's really what it comes down to. Other than yeah, changing no, his look. his number, how much does he buy into Frank Vogel it, with Jason Kidd? We thought the we talked about it at the beginning of last season, Dan. That yes. you know, there this no, was exactly. always going to be swirling there.
8: That, that that this was like kind of like the the the, the drama that sort of awaited, right? And for two years, the Lakers have done a good job. I look and maybe I'm naive. I, I think that as somebody who Jason Kidd has um, worked himself out of, I think, some of the, the, the reputational stuff that, that he acquired as a coach mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, Milwaukee, by like taking a step back, grinding it out as an assistant, like working with like becoming the head coach of the Lakers at this point, I think would undo a lot of that goodwill <laughs> is I guess like sort of my, my general point too. So I'm not even sure, like, even if LeBron wants it, like, is that something Jason Kidd wants to do to somebody who Frank Vogel, like just this week was like, he's like, I am amazed at how good of a friend and advisor that this person has become to me. Um, there are other jobs out there that Jason Kidd, if he wants them, can have. Um, I mean, here's a more interesting question. to sort of like, I mean, I mean, what does he think of the Portland Trailblazers? Well, because that, he, yeah, that's the, that's the, the follow, sec- that's right? The second, yeah, I mean, I think, I, like, to me, that was sort of my first reaction is like, um, there, there's changes could be brewing in Portland, and what, to what extent are those changes going to be? In like, is that a place that, you know, I mean, if you're a guy like Jason Kidd, who's already had two bites at the apple, um, and you get a third, I mean, you might not get a fourth honestly right if it doesn't work out there like what what's next and and I, and I think so you you get careful about the jobs you're going to take and I don't know There there's some pretty interesting jobs out there and if that's what he wants to do and look and if the Lakers want to pay him a bunch of money to, to stay and be on Frank Vogel's staff and to be sort of a safety valve just in case like again like if they get off to some horrible start next year and it becomes a little more palatable to make a change then then maybe that's the better option but um, I haven't gotten the sense that they're going to make a coaching change. That, that That's not something that I've heard. And I think when I've talked to people just sort of about that notion – Um, The general census is like, that would be super dirty if they did that.
5: Well, chaos theory and a lot of column itches. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon here. Ryan Holland's in for Jason Smith tonight on the hotline with us. L.A. Times scribe. He's the man of all things NBA and great Chicago references. i got to send you a Southside shirt as well, Dan. Uh, Those new new shirts are just fire, man. Uh, (laughs) i got a couple on order, so I'll I'll forward one with a, a giant stack of Bulls cards. Uh, that you could laugh at from the <laughs> early '80s, uh, but let's let's go back to the Clippers, right? The, yeah. And uh, last night, a three-point loss. I asked this question of Ryan Hollins. I, I ask it of you. Uh, why did Kawhi? Uh, neither Kawhi nor uh, Paul George take that shot.
8: It's a good question. I I, I don't have an answer. Um, like it seemed like to me, specifically with like Paul George, right? Like that is Paul George is a um, he's a very good tough shot maker um kind of one of the things that he does that makes him special and in that situation you'd like to see him take that shot in in my opinion like i just think like everything was just like a half tick off um in watching the play um that it seemed like i'm gonna make the right pass I'm gonna do the right thing i'm gonna move the ball to the open man because look um the, the clippers have a lot of shooters uh they had four of them on the court um i'm not gonna count rondo uh, they had four of them on the court. Yeah, but it'll glare
5: at you if you shoot and miss.
8: Yeah, that's true. That's just true. But like, but look, I mean, I I, I think like to me, um, in that situation, uh, especially kind of uh, knowing Tyloo's acumen, knowing the the smarts that they have on that bench. I mean, I'd call. I would have called the timeout. And I know that's easy to say after you watch a play kind of unravel like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's 12 seconds left. And sort of his reasoning was is that they didn't want to take Rudy Gobert off the court. They didn't want to allow the Jazz to take Rudy Gobert off the court because they 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 wouldn't want to insert a more switchable player. Um, Rudy Gobert was on the court, and Rudy Gobert made the defensive play of the game. Right. And it, it just seemed like a really big mistake. And, and I think Ty Lu is a very good coach. I, I I put him in the class of coaches who actually matter in sort of the NBA. Um, there's less of them probably than most people think. Although it's a pretty it's a pretty good group right now. Um, and I I don't know I don't know what you guys thought I didn't think he had a great game I I, I thought um now look the Clippers have the, the Ty Lue will be better um and I think they can be pretty confident about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George um you know especially Kawhi being better as they move forward in this series and and you know they should feel okay I think sort of about where they stand after one game.
7: Hey Dan, no Harden, no problem. No, nope. You covered the league for a very long time. We've been in the locker room together. Actually, I really enjoyed our time hanging out before the game, just talking, just talking, some hoops, yes. talking like Oh, light. that's
3: beautiful. Um, no, this is my yes, guy, yep. man.
7: We, 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 literally, we were together like 82 games <laughs> this <know>. season, man. <laughs> well, uh,
8: everybody else, well, everybody else hitting the back. It'd be me, you, Jamal, and occasionally Cole Aldrich would crash the party.
7: But uh, I bring it up. No hard, no problem. Did you see this coming against the Bucs, in which we thought was probably the most formidable foe outside of potentially the Los Angeles Lakers uh, for the Brooklyn Nets? Did you see this coming, Dan?
8: No, I didn't. Um, And and I think more so from Milwaukee um, than from Brooklyn. Like, I think my expectations, I don't know about you, Ryan, is that, like, I mean, when I say, like, I wonder when we'll look back at this year, if we'll just kind of be like it was all there right in front of us. Why didn't we notice it? was like, I mean, like, of course no one is, good, is as good as the Nets, right? Like, it's just, of course, like, these are, there have never been three offensive players like this on the same team in, like, the modern NBA. Um, and, and I say that with all due respect to Clay Thompson and, 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 you know, to Steph Curry, who I think is better than Kyrie Evering. but, like, it's just like, this is just a different animal offensively, like, those three guys. Um, and they uh, they will always have... Um, the two most offensive gifted – most nights they'll have the three most offensive gifted players on the court. And the luxury they have is when James Harden gets hurt is that they have the two most offensive gifted players still on the court. Sure. And it's just – and, by the way, uh, don't like secretly have been playing pretty good defense for the last month too um, as they've kind of ratcheted this up as they push into the postseason. Um, So credit to Steve Nash and that staff – I, I, they're just, they just seem like a juggernaut, guys. Now, look, um, 2 0 series can very quickly become 2 1 series. And I think, uh, certainly Milwaukee, um, has the, like, has been, they've, like, been in these positions before. They were up 2 0 in a pretty handedly way against the Toronto Raptors, um, won two games at home and, you know, Nick Nurse made one big switch, and that was he put Kawhi Leonard on Santos Antetokounmpo, and the series flipped, um, right? Toronto wins the next four games. They won the title, and, you know, everybody in Canada ends up signing with the Clippers. Like, like, that's, like <laughs> <laughs> that's, sort of how, that's sort of how that domino sort of fell. Uh, I just, I don't believe in Mike Budenholzer in that way. Um, I haven't seen it, and, and I'm not sure what that switch is that they can, that they can flip um to 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 get out of this sort of buzzsaws way. And you know, if Kevin and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are on the court, I, I mean, they're gonna be really, really good. They've got they've got such a deep team. Um and, and their role players are just fantastic. Like I mean Joe Harris is like just a perfect complimentary player for that type of team. Bruce Brown is just like a perfect complimentary player for that type of team. And and you know, I think uh you know, Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin has played very well for them. It's, it's just, uh, they're, they're the favorites. They should absolutely be the favorites.
5: All right, last one in, in a minute. You mentioned Budenholzer. Uh, is he going to be another guy out of a job? I'm not looking to fire all the NBA coaches. Yeah. But what do you do? And, and the second part is, if you had one message you can give to Giannis about what he needed to do with this game, what would it be?
8: Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think probably a switch is sort of on the horizon there. Um, I'm not reporting that. I don't know that to be true um i mean it's, it's
5: just say allegedly Dan.
8: yeah no, that's, I mean. that's i mean that's a difficult one right i sure. mean like this guy is like they've won a lot of games with him um but you know they sort of made the big roster change last year to adding drew holiday and they tried a bunch of different stuff defensively this year to to kind of get themselves in this position and and look um they look great against the miami heat like that was a week ago like things change really really fast in the playoffs so you don't want to do anything too rash but uh, um you, you know you don't what other options do you have for fixing things? You know, it's sort of like that's sort of the next logical thing you would change. And, uh, and so, you know, I would think that they would explore that. Um, as far as Giannis goes, I just, I just think it's like more just like play with a little more offensive confidence. And, and what I mean by that is it's just like I, I, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a command of the game. Um, it's it's hard. It, it's abstract. Like obviously, like you would love for him to be a forty percent three point shooter, right? You would love for him to be an eighty five percent free throw shooter. Um, like, and and those would be two good places to start. <laughs> like if you want to <laughs> fix some things. There you go. Uh, but but uh, but I do think it's just like an overall command of the offense where it's like um, you're gonna break teams down and and like everything's gonna flow through you and you're you're gonna you're gonna be a better you're gonna be a better passer. You're gonna get to your spots more. Your spots gonna be more clearly defined than just sort of like get to the rim. Um, and I think once you get to the rim and you get in the paint, you're going to make better decisions. Like, I, I just I don't view him as the same type of playmaker as some of these other like tippy tippy top great offensive players in the league, like you know the Luka Doncic's, um, you know for for to, for one example, right? Like like the way that he can kind of create for others and stuff. Now look, oh, boy, you guys have got me talking into a circle. I, I that's <laughs> kind of where I would start with it, but it's I mean it's hard, like. They've they've got a really, really good team, and uh, it's hard to to make changes to a really, really good team because being bad in this league, it just sucks. You want to be competitive.
5: There's no question about it. Always competitive. Our guy every week, Dan Wojcicki. L.A. Times, Lakers, and the NBA. Uh, Pin tweet at Dan Wojcicki Sports. Even if you just hate watch the Lakers, subscribe to the Lakers newsletter at the L.A. Times. Well, I mean that's what we what we do here, Dan. Uh, thanks as always, uh, and I'll, I'll get you that shirt in the mail as soon as I can, right, so you bro. can rock and, good, and look styling. Take
8: care of my guy Ryan tonight, all right? There,
5: always, always. Don't, Dan don't ask anything too silly. No, we got him. I got him. He's he's uh, he's got enough hydration and food in him to get through the day.
8: Perfect. Oh, Be what a disgusting eater he
6: is, by the way. Oh, no, no, no Dan, don't out
5: me, Dan. All right, no, 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 we'll
6: we'll do that another time. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can events.
5: But I want to circle back to my hometown of Chicago, where we've got a new book coming out called Unguarded, with, co-authored with Michael Ark- Arkish. It is Scottie Pippen's memoir, a raw, unvarnished look into the life of six-time NBA champion Scottie Pippen and his role on one of the greatest teams of all time. That is the longest damn subtitle <laughs> in the history of man. Okay, but there's a couple yeah. of things that are starting to hit a little bit, and people getting a, a bit fired up, and we got to parse it out here, Ryan. You've got Pippen, quote, there's no Michael Jordan as we know him without him. The 90s Bulls teams would not exist as we know them. Okay, fine, sure, nothing nothing no, controversial that's normal, there. That's, normal, that's no, normal. Let's go through that. Uh, next, uh, Pippen details how he cringed at being labeled Jordan's sidekick and discusses how he could have, and should have, received more respect from the Bulls management and the media. Now, from the Bulls management, I'm going to go back to this. If they offer you a long-term deal where there's not a lot of money involved, and you say yes, that's on you. They got no, no need to go and renegotiate, now, and especially 30 years ago. Nowadays, you'd pull an Aaron Rodgers, you'd be in Hawaii, you'd be doing all this stuff. And, and I use him as the latest example, even though his isn't entirely about money. Don't try to tell me that there's not some cash involved there.
7: Pretty much. But
5: <laughs> the, the reality is we, we see guys play hardball. Back then it was, I want to raise. I'm outplaying my contract. It's like, good. Good on us that we got you to sign a seven-year deal. Yeah. So you want to be mad about that, you be mad on it. Uh, and when he had the opportunity to be the leader, the migraine game, no matter what was going on, that's always going to stick. The Kooch coach moment is always going to be there, whether you like it. Whatever the reality was of how badly he was hurting, how his sight was affected, everything else, you're never going to be able to say that. It's like a guy, you know, that that sits out saying, "I got a little bit of a bad back," and ain't showing much. up on an X-ray, <laughs> right? I mean, like so, like unless you've actually got a cracked bone in your back, it's going to be like you could have gone, man. Come nice. on now, true. Especially if you want to be the guy, which is what he's kind of saying here yeah. is, you know, to, yeah. <laughs> at least to a degree, like the, the first part, not going to just quibble with at all. Right. I, I was there. I mean, that's my upbringing. That's I, I watched the bad Jordan teams and watched and marveled at him from the 300 level. And then they started to win. And that was the end of being able to get any tickets. And, and I remember that very, very well. Hell, I was there when Reggie Theus and Artis Gilmore and those guys were running around back huh. in the day. How about that, uh, before he was hanging out on Saturday morning TV, I'll have you know. <laughs> Look it up, people. Look at his IMDb. Uh, Pippen discusses what it was like dealing with Jordan on a day-to-day basis while serving as the "quote unquote" real leader within the Bulls locker room. You got a decade uh, of NBA experience in you. You've been around this game a long time. How do you react to that last line? The "quote unquote" real leader. Of this squad, that's—is it a bridge uh, too far? (laughs) Look, man, I don't
7: think you. I don't think there's no any reason to take anything away from Scottie Pippen other than comparing him to Michael Jordan. And there's no comparing. I wasn't in that Bulls locker room, but I've never gotten the vibe that Scottie Pippen was the leader. He was a leader. leader. I've never gotten the vibe that he was the leader. Now, quite possibly, if we're going to play devil's advocate, Michael don't get along with everybody. Michael has, and he let you know, there's an exclusive club of players in which he vied with, and he vied with you, or or he did or he didn't. Doesn't matter if you're a teammate, coach, whatever, you're either on Michael's team or not. Scottie Pippen may have been the guy putting out the fires that Michael was setting in practice, apparently. So... Maybe there's some leadership qualities there, some fires that were put out by Scottie Pippen in order for the Bulls to be the Bulls. Because Michael Jordan's leadership from watching the last dance, we all brought into question. You well, know, we heard it. the what, stories. Like, right? What,
5: what's the leadership style? Right? Do you respond to it or not? And look, everybody's an NBA player. While Jordan's up here at, at the top, everybody else is a pro cash cashing a check. And that don't. So say those well, egos guys. are there. Yeah. Right, because they they've been the best their whole life, and they know if they're not in that situation, maybe they're the number three guy over in another spot. Oh, yeah. Whereas here they're number six, just the way things are constructed and how Phil Jackson runs his squad. Do forget that common respect, just man to man. Right. Like I don't care who you are, just
7: common respect, man to man. And and Jordan was rubbing people the wrong ways, and maybe Scottie Pippen was the buffer between a lot of things in which these guys bought in to come to play. I don't care who you are, the my way or the highway. Way you know it works somewhat, then, but it doesn't always. He took work. it personally. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like I said, as great as Michael is, I I don't want to speak to the type of person he is because I wasn't in that in that locker room. But like I said, he just seems he was he, Mike is a tough cookie, you know, and that type of leadership does not always go over well. And I know how great no one can question Michael's greatness on the court, but to be second fiddle, third fiddle, fourth fiddle. That's a tough go sometimes
5: see and and I've heard the arguments and just have to raise my hand because I've already seen it going on social media. If your answer to this is, what did Michael win without Scotty? Mm. or what did Scotty win without michael? you you've, you've, you've put him on the same level yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that that that's what you've done by by getting into those discussions. Ralph and I having a little of this in the hallway because he knows my my Chicago roots and where he can needle. Where there might be a little bit of trouble festering, he's going to try to do. And the Bulls have been irrelevant for a long time. You've got a couple of stars that are interesting to watch how they develop, right? With Levine stepping forward, yep. Kobe Kobe White looks like he can be a baller, but he's not a complete
6: mm-hmm. picture like yet. White. Right?
5: There's a lot to like there, but he's not a finished product. So we'll. You know, when when we look at the next iteration of this Bull Squad, can they lure a free agent? Do they get relevant again? In the interim, you got this book that's being teased, and I can't wait to see. Michael Jordan was out at the NASCAR race this weekend. Like we we saw him walking around. Let's see if we can get a microphone in front of him <laughs> to see what kind of response you get from this. Hey, <laughs> Mike gave Mike gave
7: us the last dance. I don't I don't think we're we're getting anything else. But also You know to- what? They got
5: a lot of footage there that could that True. could that could Yeah. That could put a little bit of a um, nuclear bomb on this, I bet. <laughs> he,
7: he, hear the wording though, sidekick. You know, sidekick is like you, you know you're a tag along, and I think you know for one of the top fifty greatest players ever. Let's not take that out of context either. Sure. Sidekick is that's a that's a little brother tagging on. Like I don't think Scottie Pippen was tagging on. Now I I don't know. I, I'd got I'd have to see proof that Scottie was a leader. But sidekick means, you know, you're, you're just one of the guys in the background. You're it's a background question, dancer. right?
5: Yeah, no, and, and I, th- I think that's, that's an astute point, right, of trying to figure out, an astute observation, the, the idea of sidekick versus partner or whatever other term would, you might
7: use. Mike, I would be offended if, you know, the listeners felt like I was your sidekick. That wouldn't offend me, but I'd accept my role. I'd get over it, man, because che- the, the check's still cashing. Check his catcher. I'll be the sidekick, but, you know, if I'm Scottie Pippen... But, I mean, get, isn't
5: Robin always just seen as the sidekick to Batman? Robin, being called Robin a Batman... But to even me, even though he got the job done, right? That Cause, sounds... Because if you watch the 1966 series... He did. Robin was essential to a lot of, of getting Batman out of some trouble. I feel like
7: being called Robin is better than being called sidekick, though. See, that was always... In Chicago,
5: it was always Batman Robin. I don't like, think that's bad. Batman but, Robin But, but that's Batman. how it always was. I don't... The sidekick, sidekick stronger. I don't remember that like being the narrative.
7: Yeah, yeah, sidekick. Because it, side cause it is diminished stronger.
5: what he was bringing to like, the table. Right?
7: Kerr might have been a sidekick, right?
5: Yeah, okay. he was an ancillary piece. Think,
7: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't big I don't shots, think I'd give him
5: that. but an ancillary piece. And I
7: wonder who called. How did they ask this? You know, they, we're
5: so good. in The media just sparking things up. Wordplay, right? No, that. But that's it. People just love to play with words. What do we do for four hours? Open mouth,
6: say things. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Uh, when last we spoke, we were talking about just the mental side of the game, particularly when you get to the playoffs and owing back to the bubble a little bit, right? Because we, we get into both for Major League Baseball and for the NBA, uh, there's, there's some denigration of the championships. Right. Folks cutting them out at the knees going, well, they really didn't play through a normal pace. Right. All the playoffs in Texas for baseball and then for the NBA, everything down in Florida. So the bubble championship and it's used as a pejorative term. But talking as we were just from your years in the NBA, the physical on the court is one thing, but it's all the prep and the mental side of it, and I, I've been curious. I know there'll be a lot of articles, and we've seen some of the Players' Tribune kind of things pop up and some interviews along the way of what it was like in the bubble. I suspect we'll get some documentaries, some footage you'll find its way, as well as some expository writing, right, some longer books and chapters of, hey, this was our our crazy year, either from the Lakers side from the heat side or maybe another team, maybe Phoenix. Because they went 8-0, and this was the thing that was the catalyst for what we're doing in the the current playoffs. Oh, yeah, the 123-98 beatdown of the Nuggets to take a commanding 2-0 lead uh, as the series shifts back to Denver. We'll see if they can find some life, and we'll talk about that game and the series more coming up in about 15 minutes. But you were talking about just the grind of a normal NBA season of mentally just even taking pictures to – recount and be aware of where you are not just like most folks with hey this was my hotel room number but actually trying to figure out where you were based on the grind and being physically tired on a road trip give, give me a little more of that like trying to to balance and keep check with what's going on at home and, and what that does and maybe where you hit the wall in a season
7: look man the NBA season is so long, especially if you make the playoffs or fortunate to. It's almost like four different seasons, especially coming from college, where you'd push it out about thirty plus or so games. Uh, you got the beginning of the season, you lump in where everyone's getting used to it. You start pushing the All Star break. That's one little season in itself. Post All Star break feels like a whole different season, and playoffs you make a deep playoff run, you don't have a summertime. And for these guys who went to the bubble, they really had nothing left. Mentally, you've got to condition yourself to alienate yourself from the entire world, especially come playoff time. Because the one thing you can't have is distractions. One mental mistake, one turnover-filled game, one, you know, bad shooting slump, and you're completely out of it. So, there's just there's such a toll and a a uh I guess how would I say you have to commit your mind body and soul and when you do that it eats away at you and when you win a championship it's even more I went to the Eastern Conference finals and it it took a piece out of me so for the Lakers there's a a mental aspect element that they never ever got to recharge far past the physical side, which we saw the injuries from both the Heat and the Lakers that we spoke about earlier with uh, Pat Riley recruiting LeBron James, but the mental side that taxed those guys, Mike.
5: Well, and that's the, the interesting thing, right? Because you can come back and say, well, they got a, an unexpected three and a half month break for their body, but they still got to stay in game shape and be able to get back at it as soon as the announcement hey, and a little bit of play up and, and away we go.
7: Mike, I, I would go a whole month without having a day off in the NBA. Everybody thinks that, like, oh, you play, and you're done. Like, no, whether you play or you didn't play, even if you have practice, you don't have practice, certain guys are going to come in and get good work in. Sometimes you literally don't have a day off, and the time that you get a day off, it's a travel day. So mentally, there's always something. It's always something, and you don't have time. And like I said— it literally eats away at you. And, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you know, you'll forget what city you're in on a road trip. You know, you may not know where you're at. You know, you're plopping down on a bed at 2, 3 a.m. You know, so it's a different type of life, but it takes a toll on you. Anyone who says it doesn't or doesn't get it, they just don't understand. So that's why there's so much respect for the Lakers or someone. If you want to belittle that championship, man, let me tell you one thing. There's a very slim window for any team in any sport to go out and win a championship, and you jump on it and you get it. Just go ask the Golden State Warriors. You know that that team should have had more championship. Who knew that Clay was going to get hurt? KD would go down. You know they'd have the Draymond would get himself kicked out of a game. Exactly, (laughs) and you don't know, but you don't look back. It's it's that slim of a margin where you got to. If you're the Lakers and they saw their chance for a championship, you. Take it.
5: Dude, My look, you I'm from Chicago, it. okay? Bulls got their six, but you had how many more were left on the table because of baseball? Obviously, everybody talks about potential gambling, suspensions, wink-wink, all those kind of things, but Jordan takes those two years off. A couple of rings for Akeem Olajuwon. Good for him. Uh, but it's it's one you'll always wonder about, you know, how far could this thing have gone? Or if they'd stay together, would it have blown up before those other three ever materialized? Especially given what we talked about at the start of the show. you got to listen to the whole thing. Podcast will be up in an hour. The Scottie Pippen book and some of these quotes that are starting to pop up about his feelings and his reaction to The Last Dance, which we've seen a little bit now. Evidently, he decided he needed to write a book about it uh, and his feelings. From my perspective. And look, I need the Cliff Levingston book. Next. But when when we get down to it, it's the I, I'm thinking Chicago, it's the eighty five Bears. A team that looked like it could have been a dynasty. And just like that, it's one Super Bowl fighting between the coaches, free agency rearing its head, right? So all of a sudden Wilbur Marshall goes and it starts to splinter. And obviously, you know, you did everything you could to duct tape and bubble wrap Jim McMahon to keep him upright and try to move forward. But it's that same thing, right? The windows are short. You may think about it. Hey, we're in our prime, and this is great, but the window closes fast. And guys' motivations change, yeah. and how they're buying in, right? Especially now where it's, all right, I could be the second guy here. I've gotten what I wanted, right? For Kevin Durant, he goes to Golden State, thought it was going to be the thing that propelled him. Wins a couple of finals MVPs, but it's still always seen as he joins Steph. Which he should have been able to see before he even got there, but thought he could change that by by being the guy. Didn't happen. Yep. Right? But he got his connections to Silicon Valley, and we see him investing in all sorts of cool spaces. Like, he's another guy. He's not quite in the enigma that Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is. Not Kyrie Irving. Well, he's in a whole other thing. I'm thinking of Kevin Durant. But it's like three guys where it's like, I really would like to sit down and know what makes them tick. Why they get so mad at social media is a whole other thing. But for Kevin Durant, he made his connections, and now he's investing in so many different things with AI and and alternate uh, technologies and alternate uh, assets and whatever else. It's it's cool. But he decided to move on, and he goes not to the Knicks, but to Brooklyn. <laughs> and, yeah. Right. And so you see, guys, with the direction that they're they're taking into their own hands of all right, I'm done with this chapter. Now for the next chapter and small, shorter contracts, opt-out options, right, after two years in a lot of cases, or the one in ones So there, there's more of that player agency, and so that dy- dynastic thing doesn't happen almost by design at this point.
7: No, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you fast-forward today, there's two people that I think about. Chris Paul does not know what tomorrow looks like. Yeah. They are the, – the Phoenix Suns are playing at a hellish pace – To do everything that they can to work for a championship they they are and and no one's looking at him for a championship i'm not but i know that look in chris paul's eye when he looked over at monty williams if i'm not mistaken was it game three against the lakers pivotal game and he said there's no way i miss out there's no way i miss this game now how hurt his shoulder is i don't know i don't know if they win they lose Looks like they were by far the better team than LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers, but they took care of business. There's a look in Chris Paul's eye that understands that he may never have this opportunity again. You talk about a window closing, Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant tore his Achilles a year prior. He missed two, what, a year? Solid year, two years of basketball? Yeah. Right? You're right. He doesn't know Kyrie Irving, injury-prone. Okay, James Harden steps out in the game one, can't even play, has not played in the second round of the playoffs. If you don't think that the Brooklyn Nets don't know that this window is here, as they sat out, elected to sit out the they could have played, they could have limped into the bubble last year. As they sat out... Well, think about that roster that
5: went into the bubble. It was a joke. When they were trying to basically recruit joke. players to come in off of uh, Rucker Park.
7: Couldn't believe it. it Guys, it was a come joke. in. Yeah, yeah, just just completely tapped out. You know, the the bubble it was it wasn't for everybody, and it wasn't. And those you have to respect those who chose not to play. Also, but the point is, when you see a championship, you go get it. When we joined the Lob City Clippers, and we came, this is before obviously we know it didn't work out. But we looked around, and we saw Chris Paul and Blake and DeAndre and Karan Butler and these guys and Jamal Crawford. And we all just had a feeling, man, let's give it our all for a championship. Now, heck, obviously it did not work out, but the commitment was was there. You don't know when these opportunities are going to arise. And there's just a look in the eyes of Kevin Durant that you feel championship. There's a look in the eyes of Chris Paul that you feel championship. There's a look in a couple of these guys' eyes that know that this window could be closing and how quick it closes. Just ask LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who couldn't even make it through the game on his groin. Couldn't even make it through the game. And keep in mind, Anthony Davis set out the whole darn season just so that he could play in the playoffs. And he couldn't make it, Mike.
5: Stitt comes at you fast, right? All the old uh, commercials. Life comes at you fast. You you think you think you got and and the way Brooklyn is configured, you were looking at probably what a three-year maximum. Like if you were going to be generous about it, saying, "All right, if these guys can piece it together," and Jason's been funny about it, saying, "Look, the over/under on those three playing together is fifty games." He said that before the season. Like, all right, might be less. But they still might get a title or two out of it went the way if you can configure it where two of them are on the court.
7: And Blake Griffin's squeezing everything he has.
5: Let's Blake, talk about him in a minute. Squeezing it out. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. Let's talk about uh. Blake Griffin. Let's talk about Chris Paul. Let's talk about uh the chaos here in, in round two. But Blake Griffin, one of the the great examples of just when you thought. Uh, You were shoveling, you know, a little bit on the career, uh, the resurgence and opportunity comes through. And we'll talk about the importance of this uh, title run or whatever it becomes for Chris Paul.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
3: so listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen.